Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the new David Fincher film, The Killer, out now on Netflix, came out this year, 2023, written by Andrew Kevin Walker, uh, Alexis Nolent and Luke Giacomon. Giacomon. This one's starring Michael Fassbender, Tilda Swinton, amongst other actors. Uh, In this movie, after a fateful near miss, an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. I'm a big fan of David Fincher. Uh, I love Social Network, Zodiac, Fight Club was probably the first. Actually, The Game was the first movie of his. I I watched Fight Club, obviously, being a dude in my 20s when that hit in 1999, I think, Fight Club came out. Uh, It it was an impactful movie. And uh, I'm a fan of the art, the uh, author of Fight Club, Chuck Palahniuk, read a bunch of his books around that time as well. But I'm a big fan of this director, and I, although not so much as of late, I think the last movie I really loved of his was uh, The Social Network. But I would love to go back and revisit a lot of his movies, you know, but less of a fan, I guess, of the more recent. Mank was okay. Uh, I, I, like, it's he's a great filmmaker. David Fincher knows how to make a movie. Uh, just some of his more recent ones didn't connect with me as much, like Meg. Um, but I'm always excited to see a new David Fincher film, obviously. So I was excited to watch this one. And I should do a top five episode of my favorite David Fincher movies, if only to give myself an excuse to go back and rewatch some of the early films, Panic Room, another great one, but also fill in some of the gaps there's a few movies of his i haven't seen uh like girl with the dragon tattoo i've never seen i would love to revisit gone girl Uh, so there's a few blind spots and a few movies of his i'd love to revisit so i might do that especially since this movie just came out it'd be good good time to do that now that pretty much uh they're all out there in the world uh but regardless the killer uh I felt was a great simple film with some of the worst performances I've seen in a long time. Uh, It is kind of baffling the, the, the lack of performance in so many of these actors. I don't know. It, it, It just, it, it definitely took me out of a movie that I was really enjoying. I love the premise. I love the way the story is being told. Um, but as far as performances from all of the actors, aside from Michael Fassbender and 
Tilda Swinton were bad. Uh, but I still enjoyed the movie, despite the bad acting. Right? This movie starts off, it's almost a silent film. So, as far as if I could recommend this movie, I mean, if you're a David Fincher fan, I would say it's not, I, I, I don't know if this is, it's not my least favorite David Fincher movie. It is one that kind of doesn't, there, the aspects of it don't feel like David Fincher as far as performances. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I would, like if you're a fan, like what this movie gave me vibes of, a lot of voiceover gave me vibes of Fight Club, uh, the story itself, this character that we're following reminded me a lot of Jason Bourne from the Bourne films, which I recently watched. So if you're a fan of those, if that sounds like kind of an interesting movie, then for sure watch it. But uh, be warned that there are going to be performances that will make you scratch your head. But I did enjoy this movie. I, I just think it could have been a great movie if those things weren't what they are. Uh, but it starts off almost like a silent film because so much of this is voiceover. So much of this is voiceover. And it's another thing that makes the bad acting stand out because there's very few moments where people are talking to each other. There's very few moments where Michael Fassbender is saying words to another character and another character is saying words back to him. So because it's so minimal as far as dialogue is concerned, when that dialogue does happen and it's bad, it, it just stands out so much. But most of this movie, voiceover of his character, the killer's inner thoughts, uh, talking to himself, which I, I appreciate. I, li I liked it. I really did enjoy that. And I, I obviously liked it more than the times where he was talking to people, aside from a scene with Tilda Swinton, which is like, finally somebody who can act but i'll get into specifics um later i mean it almost takes a half hour before he says anything so much of this movie he's not speaking it's just all of his inner thoughts which gave me like fight club vibes there's a lot of voiceover in fight club uh and kind of and even the way it was written uh it it, it had that kind of chuck palahniuk feel to it in some ways um and of course it had born identity vibes the born movies but instead of it being a government assassin he's more of a private contractor uh so the small differences there obviously he's not suffering from amnesia either but the intelligence that you see in the born movies is similar to the intelligence you see of the killer and what he does to track down people. Um, it's great. I love that stuff. You know, and this movie is very much what happens when the best makes a mistake and what collateral damage can happen when that mistake is made. So I love the style of this movie. I thought Fastbender was great. I thought his performance, along with Tilda Swinton, are the only two good. There's also another guy that uh, Fassbender gets into a fight with. Uh, I, th I felt, although when he speaks, it's not very good either. Pretty much just him and Tilda Swinton are the only two good performances in this whole movie, which is such a s sad thing to say. Every other character just feels lifeless. Uh, 
just the most low energy performances while their characters lives are hanging in the balance right they are like moments from death and they are calm as a cucumber they are like it, it's it just doesn't make any their performances don't make any sense for this movie and i don't think it's the writing that is at fault because the writing the words these people say makes sense but the way they say the words is just really bad and it's surprising because david fincher from what i know is well known for doing many many takes he does multiple takes which i don't know maybe this is a different thing but regardless he's the director he is on set chooses he wants he, he tries to get a specific performance from his actors to fit the scene and if he takes multiple takes he's choosing on multiple levels what these performances are and it is mind-blowing that these are the performances that he chose it just they don't fit at all they feel so fake because they're so toned down character will have a gun pointed at his head and it's just like it's just the worst kind of like if you were to take somebody off the street and have them read lines it, it, that's what it it just feels so empty i don't know maybe it's intentional i have to assume it was intentional because this movie does have a very mellow tone to it but when characters are acting in a way they feel like they're sedated they don't feel like their adrenaline is up at all i don't know it, it was really baffling to me let's take a short break from this episode hey loyal listeners of the ray taylor show you know it's one thing to tune in and engage with the content i personally create for you but what if i told you there's a way to wear your fandom introducing our exclusive line of merchandise inspired directly by the vibes and visuals of this very podcast from stylish t-shirts that'll make you stand out in the crowd to our eco-friendly biodegradable phone cases adorned with artwork inspired by the show you can show you can now carry a piece of the ray taylor show wherever you go whether you're looking to make a fashion statement or protect your phone with some flair or simply want to show off your love of the show, our merchandise has got you covered. Ready to rock our gear? Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com and get yours today. Wear the show, be the vibe. Now let's get back to the show. But other than that, I loved following the killer as he tracks down these people that threaten him. Right, it's very smart in a lot of ways, very much like the Bourne films, which I recently rewatched, and I love that aspect of it. The VO voiceover is great, you know, being able to hear his thoughts and self-talk really kind of puts you in his head. Really, it, I love that aspect of it. it. Really did. And then when he starts talking to people, it feels like I'm watching some video game cutscene. Like the acting performances are at the level of like a bad video game cutscene where it's just, it feels lifeless. It's kind of insane. 
But I do want to talk about specifics. I want to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't seen The Killer and you don't want to be spoiled, this is your warning. If you don't mind being spoiled, if you have seen it and just want to hear my thoughts on it, that's what we're doing. Spoiler warning. Uh, Getting into the spoilers. I do kind of enjoy the chapters, I guess. I don't know if the chapters are really necessary. I've seen a lot of movies recently where they are split up by chapters. (sighs) Hexen was one, which was a great movie. 1920s silent film, horror film. Uh, But it seems like there's been a lot, just coincidentally. It's a lot with chapters. And the first chapter is him in Paris, The Target. This is where we get to, you know, we get the voiceover starts and we see that, like, you know, him preparing, stalking, waiting. One of the things he says is enduring boredom is the hardest and most exhausting part of the job. Just sitting around waiting for your target, waiting for the right moment to attack, which makes complete sense. Because it's not like you can do anything else. You have to, like, sit and wait. And that's, like, one of the most... That's tough. You have to have a lot of patience to be able to do something like that. But we notice right off the bat that it's a lot of voiceover, a lot of his internal thoughts, talking about the overall population of the world and how his career, how little effect his career has on the population of the world, how so many people are born and die every day that... When he takes somebody out, it's not even noticed as he's, like, doing yoga. This dude's, like, clearly the zen master of death, right? That's what this guy is, we're seeing. It's all about relaxation. It's all about he he knows exactly what he's doing at all points, right? Professional. He's not screwing around. He's not being cocky. He's being aware. He's doing everything he needs to do to make sure he's ready to go when the time uh, when the time is 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 of the essence. And I like seeing his routine. Him talking about his camo, how he chose the outfit he wears based on a German tourist. How in Paris they will just leave you alone. They want nothing to do with you. Right? But you look like everybody. You look like an average, everyday white dude from Germany on, on vacation. And he talks about McDonald's. How, th- how many locations there are in Paris and how easy it is to get some protein. Like, they serve so many people that, like, you are just one of millions of people they see every day. Like, just talking about how he how he blends in and disappears. Right? Which only makes the character seem smart, experienced, and while also being very relaxed and very calm in his work, which makes sense for him to be calm. It doesn't make sense for the other characters to be calm. He also talks about how he used to use Airbnbs for his job, but since so many people start using nanny cams, that doesn't work out as well. While he's going to like some WeWork office building that's either being turned into something else or just being turned into a WeWork office space. And you have 14 minutes goes by and there's still no dialogue. It's just all voiceover of him exam- examining his occupation, examining his past, how, ki- how he kind of got started. He jokes about how the U.S. government does not consider sleep deprivation 
a form of torture as he sleeps. Like, he makes a point to rest a lot in this movie, clearly showing that sleep is a very important aspect and that, you know, implying that uh, sleep deprivation is 100% a form of torture. And there is a great moment when the target's finally there and he's preparing. And it's like his target is there with the dominatrix and he's like waiting to take the shot and he takes the shot and the dominatrix just stands in front of the bullet. Such a great, it's a short moment, but a great slow-mo shot. Slow-mo of the bullet shattering the glass and the woman flying, blood splattering on his target. And then also slow-mo of the muzzle flare from his gun. Just very beautiful, very short. I, I enjoy the just that touch of uh, a slow-mo. As opposed to some directors that would have had, like, that scene would have been, like, two minutes of slow-mo. Or it would have felt like it anyway. But it is kind of crazy. After, obviously, it's going to happen. After all of his words and self-talk about how he's, like, so perfect, he's refined himself, he's, like, never missed he is batting a thousand as he says aside from one guy that died of bad lifestyle but he'll take that he'll take that as a win anyway right so after all this talk about how great he is he has his first miss which after he missed that shot he showed it showed when he was preparing his gun that he had a magazine of bullets so i was expecting him to just after he was found out, just like make sure he gets the target before running away, but he doesn't. He just he just takes off, and it's great. His systematic getaway on the electric scooter scooter is great, right? This is his first failure in his head. He's like, "What would John Wilkes Booth do? You know, what what do you do when you get found out and they're after you?" And then he's like paranoid as he's. I love seeing the just the procedure of what he's doing to cover his tracks and just disappear and to leave and there's the paranoia of this other guy who he thinks is tailing him which leads him to give up his flight and even when he gets into the hotel room and he gets room service which i'm like why would you get room service and then to see what he uses like he takes the glass from the 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 room service puts the glass on top of the doorknob he puts the tin at the base of the door so he can hear if somebody comes through the door and then he takes the knife and instead of laying in the bed he sits in the chair and turns the light off and that's how he's going to sleep quote-unquote sleep so i mean all of it is smart it makes sense like it's clearly a movie where they were thinking a lot about what this person would do in this situation. And I think this is based on a graphic novel, I believe. Could be wrong, or a book. So, probably comes from that as well. And then we hit chapter two, the hideout. Goes to Dominic Dominican Republic, right? And he gets to his place, and he sees cigarette butts that are outside the front gate. So, he decides to run, flank his house, and you tell somebody was in his house. Somebody was killed in his house. There's like blood smeared or something happened. Signs of a struggle. 
Then he goes to the hospital, and we finally get people speaking. Finally get people speaking. And her brother is there, his wife's brother. And he clearly trusts the killer, right, despite the fact that his sister almost died. But the way he's acting is so chill. So chill. Like, the the way he's saying his lines is like his girlfriend or his sister like had her wallet stolen instead of beat up almost killed like the level of concern is so low and also his blind faith in this guy that like we trust you like she trusts you so much and i trust her so i'm going to trust you like like just blind faith this guy has in in fastbender's uh character it's just but the performance more than anything ends up being the beginning of what every performance seems to be just everybody just so calm and like okay which is crazy So he tells him it won't happen again, right? Still very calm, trusts him, right? And then there's kind of a John Wick-style scene of him digging up a safe that's in his yard where he's got weapons and passports and stuff. There's a few of those scenes where he's got stashes all over the place. Let's take a quick break from the show. Listeners, are you ready to take your experience with the Ray Taylor Show to the next level? Dive into Inspired Disorder Plus. For just $5 a month, you unlock a world of premium content that's sure to satisfy your every entertainment and artistic craving. Imagine enjoying The Ray Taylor Show, a full week completely ad-free in both audio and video formats. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Get exclusive access to the live painting archive. Get the first, be the first to lay your eyes on the new releases from The Many Faces, and enjoy members-only discounts and deals that'll have you coming back for more. With a treasure trove that includes a podcast back catalog boasting 14 unique shows and over 600 episodes, personal insights through Ray Taylor's own blog, that's me, creative writing to spark your imagination, and interactive Ask Me Anything section, Inspired Disorder Plus is a feast For the curious mind. Ready to elevate your entertainment game? Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become a member of an exclusive club. Dive in, indulge, and inspire your senses. Now let's get back to the show. And then he gets, there's a point where he's in a cab, right? He finds out, like he needs to, he found out that there was a cab at the house. Right, so now he's trying to track down who did this to his girlfriend or his wife. Who did this and who ordered this? Right, that's kind of his this goal. And he found out that there the people that did that showed up in a cab, so he finds a cab, finds the cab. And the driver sees that he's got a gun and doesn't really act nervous at all. Like, kind of concerned. 
Like the words that he's saying is that like he's concerned, but he's not like the performance is just so bad. It is so bad. He is not acting like a guy that's got a gun pointed at him. Then he gets to, right, he tracks down the his contact who has no security whatsoever. The guy that kind of handles him, right, this lawyer guy. And how he gets in there is cool, you know, counting down, waiting for the door to close. He's got his costume as like a recycling guy, like a janitor. Font, interesting, good, like, you know, whatever. S- sneaks in, right? And then we get more bad acting from Charles Parnell, which his character kind of makes sense. He's a lawyer, very well-spoken, articulate, but still no sense of things could go wrong just again the same the same kind of level of calm that all the all the other actors are doing throughout this whole whole movie and it's you know gets him with the nail gun and he's like calculating how much time he's got and then kind of takes his secretary so she can give him the information. I, I love that. And then we get the internal monologue coming back, which had been gone for a while because he's actually communicating with people. And I missed the the voiceover. Right? I, I, I almost would have loved if this entire movie was voiceover. Like, even when people are speaking, their voices would were muffled. And we're just getting his internal thoughts about what they're saying. That would have been way more interesting. Like just do the whole movie in voiceover. And every time everybody, somebody else speaks, we're just hearing his thoughts on what they're saying. Cause he's probably not even the words that they say are probably not even true. And if that were the initial intention, then their performance wouldn't have been as noticeable because they would have been like this background noise. And the focus would have been on his voiceover. So maybe that's what it was supposed to be. And they got rid of that. And that those were the performances that he captured. Maybe. So maybe it was a, a change in that. Uh, let's see. It's also great. So he finds out where the the people that were hired to to rough up his wife are one of them is a guy who lived in florida and it's so smooth seeing how it gets into the place right with the dog and the chain link fence and all that stuff um it's uh a great and this is a great fight scene in this scene where he's fighting the guy in his apartment who's like oh you came into the wrong house man there was a moment where he just coincidentally finds a gun underneath a bed but other than that uh, a good action scene, right? And then you have him track down the woman who's Tilda Swinton, right? Who was the other person hired. And we finally get a good back and forth. She's calm as well, but she's an assassin. Her calmness makes sense. 
where a cab driver would be freaking out. He would be freaking out. The the lawyer guy would have had some tension in his voice. The brother would have been pissed on some level. Even if he did agree with and trust the killer, he would have had some of that energy behind the performance, which does not exist. So when he goes and confronts Tilda Swinton at a restaurant and she's calm, it makes sense. She's also a great actress. She's a great actor. And, of course, she gets taken out. Which is, you know, it's kind of this revenge type of a thing. Very cold and calculated. And then, like, how he tracks down the guy who hired them is great, too, going into the 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 fitness club and getting his stuff, finding out where he lives, uh, cloning his cards, like, using DoorDash to or Uber Eats or whatever the food delivery service is to get inside his house. But then when he gets there, again, we have another calm performance by the client. And it's kind of an underwhelming end where he just threatens him. It's like, if you ever do that again... I mean, we find out what happened, that like he hired him to do this job. When he failed to do this job, uh, the killer's handler offered uh, insurance to clean up the mess to make sure it doesn't get back to him. And he's like, yeah, okay, for another hundred and something thousand dollars, I'll make sure you know it cleans up. So part of that was killing the killer and his, his girlfriend or I think primarily killing him. Like they were probably going to her to get to him, but he just like threatens him and then walks away. And it's it's kind of an underwhelming end to the movie as well, which I wouldn't mind if the acting hadn't been so bad. And then it ends with him back at the, the Dominican Republic house, his house. Like they didn't move. He's just sitting outside with his girlfriend drinking coffee or whatever. Like, that doesn't seem smart. But aside from the ending, like, I wouldn't have even cared about the ending. Would not have cared. Like, if the guy he threatened actually seemed scared and, like, internalized the threat of, like, oh, I fucked up. I'm not going to do that again. Then him going back home would have been like, yeah, I got, I, I, I put him in his place, but he did never felt scared. Nobody felt feels scared. And it's, it's just a bummer. The performance is really it's baffling. There has to be a story behind that. Something had to have changed. I don't know. So a little bit of an underwhelming end. But I did love the journey. I did love a lot of this movie. I, I just hated the actors. I hated all the other actors aside from Tilda Swinton and, and Michael Fassbender. Like, even with the lackluster ending, I, I just wish it had better performances. 
It would have elevated the film so much because it was so smart and so good. And ultimately, I still liked it. I even watched it again while I was preparing, doing prep for the show, put it on again. Because I did, there's a lot of stuff I like. Right? I love everything about this movie except the other performances. It is just it's just kind of a shame. So, anyway, that's my thoughts on The Killer. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Ray Taylor show. I do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on The Killer. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Disorder, where all of these episodes are available in video formats. Until next time, enjoy the show. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.